<laughs> okay, I like this vibe. Add a bit of warmth. Put in those drums. Ooh, okay. Mic check. One, two, three. We are good to go. Hello and welcome everyone to our sixth episode of Candle. Today we have joining us an absolute legend of a person. Joining us all the way from Australia. And we'll be talking about his educational journey all the way from high school to his current position in a big four accounting firm. So let's get candid. What's up, Tanish? How's it going, everyone? Pretty good, pretty good. That's good. How's your day been today? It's night over there. Yeah, so it's um, it's 10.20pm here. Um, my day has been okay. Um, I had work, um, so I had to wake up pretty early because I do the morning shift. Um, And I opened the store with my dad. Um, So I had to wake up quarter past five in the morning. um, And then I finished around 2.30. And then just got home and I'm going to just have a relaxing day. That's good. Grind, don't stop. Absolutely. All right, Garv. Yeah. Um. You want to keep time? We're going to do the yeah. rapid fire round for Tanish. Yeah, sure, I'll keep the time. Tanish, you ready? Yes. Alrighty. All right. Tell me when you started. Three, two, one. Go ahead. What is your biggest strength? Um, I think my biggest strength is believing in myself. Um, I think when I want something, I put 100% of my effort into it in order to make that. What is your biggest weakness? Um, My biggest weakness would be um, maybe letting others get the best of me. Um, So sometimes I feel like if someone's putting me down, um, it might influence my behavior and my thoughts. Best advice for your future child? My future child. I would advise my future child to um, not let anything limit themselves um, from achieving something that they really want um, and to always push hard um, and make something like your life's calling um, and chase it with everything you have. Yeah. What, sh- what have you been, George, recently? Oh, time's up? Yeah, you can ask that question. All right, what have you been, George, recently? Uh, what if I binged watched? Yeah. Um, so I, I watched um, Prison Break a while back, um, a few years uh-huh. back, but Netflix didn't have season five. So there's five seasons uh-huh. in total. So they had seasons one to four. Um, but recently they released season five of Prison Break. So I binged watched that. Oh, wow. What is the show about? Um, it's basically about this guy who's always kind of getting himself into trouble. Um, and he gets like locked up and um, essentially as the name suggests he has to try and escape prison oh wow yeah so the whole like five seasons just him trying to escape from prison multiple prisons um yeah well that's interesting yeah give it a go all right that's good so if you had the if we were to give you the ch- task of telling the viewers like a quick 
give give the viewers like a quick elevator speech about you for like thirty seconds. What mm-hmm. would you say? Um, I would say that I have graduated high school last year. Um, I reside in Melbourne, Victoria, um, and I'm currently a part-time university student at the University of Melbourne studying commerce, planning to major in economics and finance. Um, and I'm also working full-time at PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is a professional services slash accounting firm. Um, and I have also um, opened up my own mm-hmm. business um, called 50 Law, which, is, which provides um, tutoring, online tutoring services to um, students studying year 12 this year. Dang, that's great. A lot going on for you right now. Yeah, there is a, there's a lot going on. That's good, that's good. So basically, now that you've completed high school and you're pursuing a higher education at yeah. Melbourne Uni, what, are you getting an associate's degree or are you getting a bachelor's degree, degree in finance? I'm getting a bachelor's degree um, in mm-hmm. commerce, um, commerce, but with Melbourne University, instead of just majoring in kind of one area, they allow mm-hmm. you to do multiple majors. Um, uh-huh. so obviously if you, if I just want to major in finance or economics or accounting or management or whatever, I can choose to just major in one area. Um, however, I think it's really beneficial for me to, um, major in two, just because, um, I guess I really like finance and I want to go into the finance line, um, later on. Um, so mm-hmm. majoring in finance for common reasons. Um, and then I'm thinking of majoring in either accounting or economics, um, mm-hmm. due to, you know, if I choose to major in accounting, um, that's mainly due to, um, I, I have like a really, I guess like I love accounting in the sense that it's, um, kind of teaches you a lot of financial literacy. Uh-huh. Um, and then I haven't studied economics before, but I've heard a lot of it, a lot about it. Um, uh-huh. and it really interests me like looking at, um, you know, micro level and macro level um, economics. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it just makes you a more well informed individual, um, especially um, with a degree such as commerce. Um, so I'm looking, that's why I'm looking to major in um, finance, plus one of either accounting or economics. Yeah, that's really cool. So when you say majoring, do you mean like getting a master's degree? Uh, no. So or just a bachelor. Essentially, yeah, so it, it's like once I graduate, um, it's like I have a bachelor's in commerce and then you mm-hmm. say majoring in accounting or majoring in finance, um, which means that you studied um, more high-level um, subjects relating to that area of study, um, which means I guess you kind of have like a, you have a greater knowledge of that area of study within the mm-hmm. field of commerce. Oh, interesting. Because in America, usually majoring in something usually just means like getting a bachelor's in. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think um, it does vary a little bit country by country. Um, but essentially in the trailer, what it just means is that, um, you know, out of like, for example, seven majors, um, this student elected to study these two majors, which means he has a, um, a more profound understanding of these two areas of study. Interesting. That sounds really cool. And what pushed you to choose this path in high school? Why not engineering or 
be- becoming a doctor, like the more common principles. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, I, I was really confused as a kid um, as towards what I wanted to become. Um, uh-huh. You know, when I was older, um, and I shifted my interests a lot. So it went from you know being interested in becoming a general practitioner, so GP, to yeah. a surgeon, like a heart surgeon, uh, to a dentist, to a physiotherapist, to a psychologist, to a psychiatrist, um, uh-huh. to like sports science, to um, God knows what else. Like I was a confused kid. So you um, like you were leaning towards medicine, if it was. Yeah, I was. I was leaning towards like the science side of things. Um, yeah. And then I actually, I guess, I, so essentially in, in Australia, or in Victoria more specifically, we have this um, thing called the Victorian Curriculum of Education, which is what um, every student mainly completes um, in years 11 and 12, so the final two years of high school. Um, and in in those two years, you can elect your own subject. Um, uh-huh out of like a broad range and in year 11 i elected to do three sciences so i had so there's a total of six subjects that you can do um Mm -hmm. and out of those six english is the only mandatory one um Uh so that leaves me with five options essentially um and out of those five options options three of them were sciences for me um, mm-hmm. which was biology, chemistry, and psychology. Um, okay. Everyone's counting that as a science. Um, yeah. And then I actually didn't end up enjoying biology, so I dropped that within a semester and picked up accounting. Um, mm-hmm. And I think accounting just interested me a lot more. Um, so it kind of – I really liked how – it teaches you about business um, and how businesses work, looking at financial statements, understanding currency. Um, and I guess I was telling my friend this the other day. Um, he, he's, he's currently going through the process of picking his subjects. So I was encouraging him to do accounting because I, I, I asked him, like, what makes the world go around? Um, uh-huh. And I think a simple answer to that is money. Um, you know, like without money, um, I don't think we could, you know, um, do anything in life pretty much. Um, so money, money is like essentially another language of its own, um, through which the world can communicate. Um, and accounting teaches you that. So I found that really insightful and interesting. Um, so that kind of shifted my interest from science to accounting, um, and then I ended up dropping psychology as well, even though I enjoyed it. Um, I ended up picking this subject called further mathematics, which kind of teaches you uh-huh. um, finance, data, statistics. Yeah. Um, and I was going to drop chemistry for a subject like economics or specialist mathematics or business management or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up keeping chemistry, which I regret. Chemistry is definitely hard class. I'm going to be yeah. taking a college-level chemistry course next year. Well, good yeah. luck. I know, I know you're smart, but um, good luck. Yes. I'm going to need it. I don't think chemistry is hard. Um, I just, I didn't, I guess I wasn't interest, that interested in it, um, which mm-hmm. kind of just didn't make me want to, I didn't feel like studying it. 
Um, but I don't think, you know, like, like you asked me, like, um, what's one of my greatest strengths? I think when I really want something, I'll put 100% of my effort into that. Um, so if I, if I wanted to you know, do well in chemistry, I honestly believe that I could have done really well in it. Um, but I just I couldn't be stopped, to be honest with you. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. That makes sense. I'm like really, con- I was really confused as well. Yeah. I bet so many other kids were as well. Yeah, I think everyone year. was during, um, especially like the last couple of years of high school. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's good. Uh, I mean, I, I'd prefer to explore all of my options rather than, you know, just sticking with one because at least I know that I'm not interested um, in the science side of things now. Even though, like, it's pretty cool to be a GP, um, I just found um, the business side of things more interesting. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Gaurav, you were adding something? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, about the science part, or the chemistry part. The thing with science is, like, whoever understands it, understands it. Like, for for example, Tanishk, he has, like, an interest in commerce and you know, finance. So I guess science can't really be his forte because, you know, he likes math and everything because that's his, um, I guess, career, you can say. Definitely. Many people find it difficult with um, science as well because it's, like, so complicated at times, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. now Now that, like, many people have taken, like, you are going to take a college level course next year. I've already took it. So it's, like, really, I guess, difficult for some people. Yeah. So, but, but I feel like... If you if you know how to study, then nothing is difficult. Like mm-hmm. you just need to know. I guess there's efficient yeah. ways of studying, and then there's like mm-hmm. just the traditional. You know, I guess study hard. Um, like people say, people say study hard, but yeah. I don't believe in that. I believe in study effectively. Um, yeah, study I just feel smart. like that there's yeah, study smart. So there's like a lot lot more effective ways to study, um, which I I've. I've developed throughout the years, um, mm-hmm. you know, my knowledge of how to study, how to prepare for exams and stuff. Um, yeah. So it, I feel like if you know all the techniques inside and out, even if you don't have an interest in that subject, but you just want to do well, you can do well. Uh-huh. Things that hard. What kind of study techniques do you use that work well for you? Ooh, okay. Um, it honestly depends on the subject, but I'll give yeah. you an example. Um, so, for example, for English, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously English here is like writing, um, you know, reading texts, um, writing essays on that text, um, yeah. responding to like, you know, um, questions and stuff. Um, but for one of my, oh, I guess like for all of my SACs, um, basically, sorry, a SAC here is um, a school assessed coursework, so kind of like a test. Um, Mm-hmm. The I used this technique, which was, you know, not sitting down and writing my own essays, but I mm-hmm. actually read a lot of essays from yeah. people who have scored um, this um, score of fifty or all, um, which is the highest um, individualated score you can get in a subject. Um, mm-hmm. Hence, um, if you were paying attention, my business is called fifty or all. Um, so that's kind of like the highest study score you can get in that subject. 
Um, so I got a bunch of these essays from 50 year old scoring students, so the best of the best. Um, yeah. A 50 year old means that you're in the top 0.3% of Australia. Um, and then before I wrote any essays, I read through a lot of these 50 year old scoring essays and I absorbed yeah. everything I could from them. Um, took all the keywords and I kind of just noticed like common trends between all the essays of high scoring people. Um, and then I absorbed that into my own writing. Um, mm-hmm. And then once I've kind of absorbed their um, writing style, um, I then went on to like write a bunch of paragraphs for all these different themes. Um, mm-hmm. And then I used like memorization hacks like recording myself, um, reading the essay, then listening to it over and over again, um, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and it kind of just became ingrained in my head um, so that when I had my test, um, I didn't have to spend time thinking of what I wanted to write. Instead, you know, I saw that topic and it kind of just flashed, um, you know, the, the essay that I wrote since I've heard, heard me speaking um, or like heard me reading that essay so many times and I've um, kind of written that and I've, everything I've, I've absorbed from these essays um, and then that just comes straight to me and I can just write it down on paper. That's definitely really cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people just get caught up in, you know, reading it and then reading it and then reading it like 20 times over yeah. and trying to memorize everything. Yeah, And I don't think that's necessarily the best way. And I realized that last year. And, mm-hmm. for example, in one of my AP classes this year, mm-hmm. which, which is usually college-level coursework, but you can take it in high school. Yeah. And you can place out of that class in college, later in college. So I was taking one in environmental science. And these AP classes are usually pretty, like, dense with information. And it's more rigorous work than your average class. So I decided to make flashcards by reading through my textbook. So I'll skim through the textbook and create flashcards. And then by the end of the year, I had this, like, collection of, like, a thousand flashcards that basically encompassed all the course material. And it's just so easy to do flashcards because it's, like, active recall. You're not just passively reading something. Right, yeah. And you're trying to recall it. Like, I structured the whole coursework through questions, like a yeah. thousand different questions. So yeah. I think that was pretty effective for me. Yeah, and I think that's... Um, so when developing our... Um, my partner and I, um, my best friend, his name's Rishabh, um, mm-hmm. so we're actually partners um, for, for 50 War, um, we're co-owners. Um, uh-huh. So when we were developing that, we really sat down and we started thinking, you know, like, what do students have to do to get such a high score? Um, and we, we um, you know, looked at all the sciences behind studying. Um, and like, as you said, like one of the things that we found was active recall, um, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just like doing more passive reading. Yeah, um, yeah um, active recall really helps. Another method we found out was, um, well, I kind of knew this before, but um, another method that, is kind of proved is called um, learning by teaching. So when you teach mm-hmm. some of the material, um, you can learn and understand it better yourself, um, yeah. especially if they ask you questions and they make you think about it. 
Um, yeah, so stuff like that. And like another study hack is, you know, if you have like an exam in three days and you have your, you know, um, 10 lectures behind, um, this is university, by the way, um, you know, rather than looking at it as, oh, no, I've got 10 lectures, 10 chapters to catch up on how I'm learning all this in three days, kind of break it up um, into like little segments. Um, and that kind of cools you down and like reduces stress levels, I guess, which helps. Um, and then another thing is, you know, instead of, so like going back to my 10 chapters example, um, mm -hmm. instead of delving down on one chapter and understanding that one chapter um, fully, um, and yeah. then moving on to like chapter two and then understanding that fully in chapter three ETC, um, Another method that I found, found, find really effective is um, understanding chapter one. It's like, you know, like 50% understanding chapter one and 50% yeah. understanding chapter two, like not spending that much time on it. And Having then, a broad knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So you understand chapter one, chapter two, like not to like 100%, but just enough so you understand it. And then you, once you get to chapter 10, uh, you start again from chapter one and then you just keep, it's like a kind of like a recycling process. And that kind of, once again, um, once you've learned something so many times, it kind of just becomes ingrained in your head rather than, you know, studying chapter one. And then, you know, you, you realize that you've spent so much time studying these other chapters. Um, you kind of forget what you studied in chapter one. So Definitely. that's why going back to chapter one and doing it again and again and again, again um, yeah. helps a lot. And Gaurav, do you have, like, we talked mm -hmm. about study techniques that work for us. Does, what study techniques work for you? Me, for work for me is, like, if I have, like, so much, like, too much work to cover or, like, a lot of study material, mm -hmm. I usually go through it like four days before, like if an, I have an exam for the same technique, like same exam. Mm -hmm. So I just like go through it like three, four days before I practice like throughout the day, not, not put too much pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. So like if, if you put too much pressure on yourself, you tend to like forget stuff. Yeah. And so you have to like keep pushing yeah. yourself, but not to a limit where you'll be stressed out about the exam. Yeah. And I guess the day before, like, if the exam, you can, you have to, like, relax your mind, like, chill out a bit. And, like, right before the exam, you can just, like, go through the pages and revise yourself. Mm -hmm. But that's pretty much it. And you can, I usually write down stuff to remember yeah. as well, rather than, like, typing or reading. Yeah, definitely. So writing down, like, really makes you memorize stuff. Yeah, I agree. Easily. That's like a similar, nowadays, there's like, there's not nowadays there's a culture for like college students to type everything out. And I think what you said about writing down stuff is definitely really true. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like encompass all of these study techniques and incorporate them into your studying habits, I feel like mm -hmm. that's what I was getting back to, where no matter how hard the subject is, it's kind of the way you go about it rather than understanding the content, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of like anything's possible. Yeah. And what urged you to basically come up with this idea of the business? And um, how long was the process? How did you go on about organizing and putting everything out there? Yeah. So 
with the business, obviously, you know, enduring um, year 12 um, myself, um, I used like a lot of resources, but I felt like there was, there was good resources out there. Like there's a few other good websites, but they were all missing things. So my friend and I thought, what if we, you know, built one platform that incorporates all the ideas from these different websites and leaves out the bad things from them and just uh-huh. creates like this ultimate website that students can access that has mm-hmm. everything that they need um, for success in these final years. Um, yeah. So that was kind of like the motivation kind of. Um, and more than being like monetary focused, we really wanted to do something that we felt good about. We wanted to help students um, uh-huh. and get into their dream courses and dream careers. Um, just because from personal experience, I have a few of my mates um, who wanted to do the same course as me, but unfortunately they did not get it high enough. Um, ATAR, which is Australian Tertiary Admission Rank, um, which is kind of, that dictates, um, it's a percentile ranking that dictates if you got a high enough ranking to get into the, um, your course. Um, mm-hmm. So unfortunately they did not get a high enough um admission rank and they didn't get into their dream courses so they had to you know sacrifice um either university or their course or time or something in life um and that kind of just saddened me a lot like obviously going like they were like my best friends and i wanted to wanted them to go to university with me um but just because maybe they did bad on the exam one day or that you know they just like have like a bad day or they didn't constantly like study throughout the year or like they didn't know how to study um that and down and it affected their life a lot so we thought that um if we could change that and we could help students with that so that they don't have um they don't have to face that again and they can kind of chase their life's calling and their dreams and stuff um it's something that we could feel good about as well that we invented that and we're helping people succeed in life um so that was kind of the motivation behind it. Um, so we thought about starting this when um, Yes What finished, um, which was uh-huh. December. Oh, sorry, November, mid-November. Um, yeah. And we started, like, talking to um, website developers and stuff um, in yeah. December. Um, mm-hmm. And one of our friends, he's actually he's really good at coding, um, and he's developed, like, a couple of websites here and there. Um, so we thought that mm-hmm. this would be a good learning curve for him as well. Like he could learn a lot. Um, and um, since he's our friend, um, it would be pretty understanding. Like he'd understand what we want. Um, he's also yeah. our age. Um, so that could help a lot. Um, so we decided to go with him as our website developer. Um, and it's almost um, 100% ready to go now. Um, we're launching 1st of July which is exciting. Um, That's great. But obviously, you know, having your own business, it has its ups and downs. Um, yeah. There were a lot of disappointments, um, such as finding these tutors who had enough, mm-hmm. you know, who wanted to um, invest their time in the startup, um, who felt the same passion as us towards helping other students um, with little to no reward or like a risk for a reward. Um, since we were paying on like a commission basis, um, yeah. depending on our sales, they get a percentage of the sales rather than paying upfront fee. Um, and then we, we had a few contracts signed, but then students 
thought that it was hard on the board or they didn't find it rewarding enough. Um, uh-huh. I have a tutor, sorry, not students. Um, and then they ended up quitting on us. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's like one of the worst moments when it's like a setback. But I guess you learn from the setbacks and, you know, your failure makes you grow into the person who you are today. Um, Definitely. And um, looking back at it now, um, without, you know, those failures, those mistakes, I wouldn't be who I am today. Um, so I definitely do appreciate all those mistakes I've made and um, all this management kind of stuff that we've learned. And, um, yeah, like it hurts when you do fail at something, but getting back up on your own feet um, is one of the best feelings. It definitely yeah. does. I think in the moment, in the heat of the moment, a lot, like when you're going through a hardship, you're like, oh, this is the worst place. Yeah, Why exactly. am I even alive? This is never yeah. going to end. But you got to realize that one day it does come to an end. Yeah. And usually it's it's for the better. And you usually learn something that changes your life completely. Yeah. It just changes the way you approach problems and everything in your life, basically. Yeah. It's important. I think it's like the moment of regret at yeah. that time. It's like you regret doing, like you regret not doing certain things during that time. And then you're like, after you do that mistake, you realize that how you could have changed something some factors mm-hmm. of it but in like later time you realize that it shouldn't really have affected your mind or like you shouldn't have been stressed out too Definitely. much because later you can just come back and you can like improve yourself and your work ethic in a way yeah that's that's definitely yeah. true and like success is definitely not a linear one like it's it's aligned with a lot of ups and downs it's a journey Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it takes time to build on, and you have a lot of ups and downs. But yeah, hopefully, if you're, you know, after you fall down, if you're going a little bit higher than you did last time, that's that's all you need to eventually have yeah. success one day. And Tanish, for our listeners who might be listening from Australia, yeah, what is your website's URL? So they might want to check it out on the first yeah, of July. It's just um it's fifty raw.com.au. Fifty raw.com.au. Yeah, so five zero R A W, which is the highest study score you can get in the subject. Um mm-hmm. And now since you're like a basically a test prep company that you're launching, mm-hmm. will you be looking to expand into international markets? For example, in America, we have the SAT. And the yeah. ACT, which is comparable to the ATA, but yeah. it's not as rigid in the sense that we get to take it multiple times, how many other times we want. Yeah. Till we uh, ideal school. Yeah. Um, in terms of expansion, um, I think we're taking it a step at a time. Um, yeah. Like, obviously, you know, that sounds great, but it's much, much um, harder done than said. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So for now, um, in terms of expansion, we're First of all, you know, hoping for a successful launch, um, getting some happy students um, under our belt, um, getting some experience because obviously this is a startup and we're going to learn a lot more things as well. It's not all yeah. over yet. Um, and then we're hoping to first expand by introducing more subjects, more VCE subjects. Yeah. Uh, then because VCE stands for Victorian Curriculum of Education, so we w- want to expand um, nationally first to other states such as 
um, Western Australia and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we also want to expand to rather than you know giving it straight to students, we want to go to schools. Um, so schools offer it to the students directly. Um, that's great. Yeah. So we have like a few things planned, but that's kind of longer term. And then if all that's of cool. those things pan out well, um, then international um, going international would be great. Maybe becoming a publicly listed company one day would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah, but we just we have to see how it goes. I think it's good that you're starting specific. It gives you a good place. You can focus all your energy, learn yeah. something really good, and then exactly. and then put like everything that you've learned to use yeah. into your other expense expansion opportunities that you have throughout the time. I think yeah, it's exactly. good. And like I think, um, you know, with everything I'm doing, time management is crucial. Um, yeah. You know, I, I didn't know if I would be able to um, handle everything um, on my plate this year since I'm um, working one full-time job, one part-time job. Um, so that's mm-hmm. approximately around 48 hours per week that I'm working, um, seven yeah. days. Uh, and then I'm also doing part-time university um, and then business on the side and then spending time for family and friends, which I think is really important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so balancing everything is really important in life um, but the yeah. business has definitely helped with a lot of aspects like for example um, I've had to manage a team of eight people um, yeah. with the tutors and the website developer and everything um, so that's mm-hmm. helped with my job at PricewaterhouseCoopers um, I'm a data analyst there but obviously I'm kind of at the bottom of the hierarchy, but um, it still helps with um, kind of taking accountability for my actions, um, mm-hmm. keeping everyone up to date and just organization in general, um, which yeah. are definitely skills that get overlooked but are crucial um, to success. Yeah. So yeah. now this is your first year in college. And how are you managing everything? You work at a big four. Um, accounting firm you work at your dad's 7-eleven on the weekends yeah and then you have part-time college and now you got this business yeah so how many days a week do you go to college and how do you basically balance everything on your plate okay um so did you kind of want me to take you like what a, i guess what a rough snapshot yeah, just, like a general yeah, snapshot like a, yeah. yeah, so I'd be happy to take you through like what a general week looks like in my life if that yeah. makes it easier. Um, so Monday to Friday, um, Monday to Friday, I have to work at um, PwC from, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a nine to five job because we have yeah. flexible working hours. Um, so I can work at whatever time suits me as long as I get all of my work done that's been assigned to me. Um, but obviously it's best time to work around like nine to five because that's what everyone works and you have to communicate with your team a lot. So it wouldn't really be practical if you know, my team's working like eight to four and then I'm working like four to 12 because then I can't communicate with everyone. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of work around nine to five, even though it's not a nine to five, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then with university, this semester, since it was like 
my first year after high school and kind of like my life changed a lot um, after high school. So I thought it would be good for me to try just one subject at university um, uh-huh. for now because I'm also through PwC, through, through the apprenticeship, I also have to complete a certificate for um, in IT, which I forgot to mention. Um, that's also so you're doing that in college or are they, no, uh, so is PwC going to provide you with the training for that? Yeah, no, PwC provides me for the training for that through another institute called Chisholm Institute. Um, uh-huh. So it's fully funded by PwC. That's um, great. Yeah, um, so I'm doing a certificate for in um, IT this year and then a diploma in IT next year. Um, wow. And then doing my bachelor's on the side because that's just something I wanted to do personally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so for my certificate for, um, we get like, um, 12 hours per month to study for it um, in yeah. work time. So I study mm-hmm. for my certificate for like all the coding and stuff in work hours. Um, university, since I'm only doing one subject, um, it's a two-hour lecture um, that I, I don't attend because it's during work hours, but I can watch online since it's recorded. Um, and yeah. an hour tutorial that I have to go to per week. Um, mm-hmm. Before coronavirus, I... There's a, I chose the later tutorials at 5.15 p.m. And you know, my university is only 15 minutes away from my workplace. Um, so I used to finish work at like 4.50 so I could get to tutorial by like 5.10. Um, so that was just one day a week. Um, but now that everything's online, I kind of work from home and then I can just attend a Zoom call from my tutorial. Um, so mm-hmm. university hasn't been that hard to manage, but I did fall behind on my lectures. Um, yeah. But I kind of just made up for that by studying extra before before the exam. So basically, um, in like a week, you have three hours of like lectures and basically university yeah. instruction. You have like a total of three hours. Three hours plus if I want to do like readings and stuff. So I'd say five hours would be like good to sacrifice for university. But I generally amount of time. yeah, I generally yeah, but that's only one subject. Like. Usually, the full-time university is four subjects. Um, yeah. Like this semester, I did one subject, so basically, I'm doing like quarter university. Um, um, yeah, but a lot of weeks I just didn't have time to watch the lectures, so I watched it next week, or just made up for it somehow. Um, that makes sense. I yeah, mean, you have and a then, on your plate. Yeah, so that's like kind of like the weekdays covered, um, and then the weekends. Um, I just I do like two four hour shifts, so it's not that bad. Um, on Saturday and Sunday, um, so it leaves me with some time in the day to catch up on stuff that I missed out on the weekday, or spend some time with my family watching a movie or something, or meeting up with my friends, which is good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. where does the time for the business come into this, or is that uh, just right. like here and the, there? The business is kind of just here and there wherever I can fit it, but uh-huh. um. We've had like busy periods with business as well. So when we've had to get a lot done, like right now I have to get a lot done um, since before mm-hmm. launch. Um, so I've had to pull a couple of late nighters like after work, so work nine to five, then skip university for that week, like skip watching the lecture, um, then yeah. go from just, you know, eat something and then from 5.30 just to like 12 o'clock just work on the business um, without like a break. Um, wow! Yeah, so energy drinks 
uh, have become what's your energy drink of choice right it is this thing called vibu i don't know if they sell it in america i don't know oh my god i remember vibu I don't think they sell it in America, but yeah, they don't. Um, but it's it's extremely similar to Red Bull. Um, do they? Sell, yeah. Oh, I don't even think they sell Red Bulls in America. No, they sell. They definitely sell Red Bull over here. Okay, they basically a Red it's Bull, like an identical copy of Red Bull, and it has like a green V on it. Yeah, but this is the blue. So it's a blue can, and it tastes amazing. But um, it's not good for you. But it wakes me up, and then coffee as well. Um, wow. But I don't, I don't drink. I try not to drink too much caffeine only when I really need it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And so basically, you just go to university one day a week to see your tutorials. Yeah, and that's pretty much how it. Does, how does the testing work? Is it just going to be one test at the end of the semester? No, nah, so oh. testing's quite complicated. So they do like um, it's allocated. So 70% is the exam and it's a hurdle. So if you fail the exam, you fail the entire subject. Even, even if you um, got aced everything else and actually got higher than 50% overall, Dang. Um, if you fail the exam, you fail the subject regardless. Um, so 70% is the exam. Um, 20% is two assignments worth 10% each. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Six percent are these four tests that you have to do online, um, which is just a series of multiple choice questions, and then four marks is for attending the tutorials and doing the weekly tutorial quizzes. Yeah, so there were times where um I didn't have time to like do a tutorial quiz, um, so I had to get my friend to log into my account and do the quiz for me. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, that's but, good. But yeah. That's what friends are for. Exactly. When you can't do an exam, to get them to do it for you. <laughs> yes, that is absolutely correct. Uh, but and, in like sorry, in saying all of that, sorry, in saying all of that, um, I'm planning on. So for my university bachelor's degree, I need to finish 24 subjects, and at this rate, I'm not going to finish. If I do one subject, I'm not going to finish for like 12 years. <laughs> so um, I'm planning. Taking up two subjects next semester and then also doing a subject in the winter break, our summer break, sorry. So that'll put uh-huh. me at four subjects this year. Uh-huh. And if I average uh-huh. like four subjects, I can finish in six years, which is not that bad, even though it's three, it's full time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you call it? Um, so you said your company is. So is your company funding your college education or are they only funding the course that you are taking? My company pays me um, a full-time salary, and then they they fund my certificate for in IT. And next year, my diploma in IT through Chisholm Institute. Um, and for university, that's something that I have to pay myself. However, in Australia, they have this thing called um, CSP, which means uh, Commonwealth Supported Place. Um, so I don't have to pay crazy, ridiculous prices for my university degree. Um, even though it is mm-hmm. expensive still. Um, and then they also have this thing called HEX, which is essentially an interest-free loan from the government. Um, and you start paying off um, your university um, fees once you start earning over $55,000 per year. Wow. That's, that's crazy. I mean, it's, always, it's great. You're already making money right out of high school. Yeah. 
And you're getting work experience as well, gaining experience. Yeah, honestly, I didn't join PwC for the money. I joined it uh-huh. because I knew that every day I spend that money, that's something new. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being a big four firm obviously has like a great reputation. Um, and they push you to the best of your ability. Um, so I just knew that I would learn so much, which is kind of why I took up the opportunity rather than um, worrying about the money or whatever. And this opportunity that they gave you, is it something that you just got randomly or did you have to sit for a test or sum- submit an application for them to yeah. consider you for this position? We, we had to apply for it. Um, mm-hmm. There was around a thousand people that applied in Australia. Um, yeah. And there's, there's a PwC office in Sydney and a PwC office in Melbourne. Those were the only two offices that were taking apprentices. So this was called mm-hmm. the Higher Apprenticeship Program that I applied for. Um, and it's essentially made for Year 12 students. Um, well, not Year 12 students, but essentially students without a university degree um, to work in a professional environment to kind of show yeah. that you can do everything um, without a university degree and kind of skip the fees and... Uh, for those people that want to that learn, um, you know, with a more hands-on experience rather than theoretically. Um, yeah. And I felt that that definitely applied to me, like more of a hands-on person. Um, but I still opted to do university on the side just for the academia and prestige of Melbourne University um, as a mm-hmm. backup. Um, yeah. Um, but essentially, so out of the 1,000 applicants, they chose 27 across Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, which was 14 in Melbourne and 13 in Sydney. Um, that's an acceptance wow. rate of 2.7%, I think. Um, and what do they consider? Do they just look at your ATAR? Or? No, they, they actually don't look at your ATAR at all. Um, they, give the, they give the offer before you even sit VCE exam. So I, I knew that I got into PwC, into this program, before I sat my exams which kind of wow. distracted me. I was like, I don't really need to study for exams because I've already <laughs> gotten in. Um, so that kind of distracted me a little bit. Um, but what they do is it's like it's like a really intensive process. So first um, you have to play um, like these series of mini games which test your traits. Um, uh-huh. And they kind of compare. So they get um, their current employees to play the games um, and wow. test their traits and then, match your traits with their current employees' traits um, to mm-hmm. see if you're a good fit for the company, like your decision-making skills um, and et cetera. Um, and then if you pass that, if they think that you're a good fit, so that knocks around 50% of applicants right there. Um, and then mm-hmm. after that, they do an, uh, an online interview, um, which is kind of just them asking you two questions and then you answering them. Um, what so questions did they ask you? Mate, honestly, I can't remember exactly what they asked me, but they, I think one of them was um, how do you manage your time or something like that. Um, and the other one was something, it was something related to, um, I can't remember the second one actually, but the first one was something to do with time management. Um, yeah. Yeah. And... If they, if they think that your answer suited kind of what they were looking for, then you move on to the next stage, which if I remember correctly, is the 
assessment centre. Um, so the assessment centre is kind of this six-hour-long day process um, where you go to the office and you do, like, a bunch of tests and you do, um, like, group interviews and um, one-on-one interviews with, like, uh, people really high up in the hierarchy um, and stuff wow. like that. Um, yeah, so you just go there for the whole day, just knocking it out. Um, yeah, and honestly, I, I went into that without knowing what it was about at all. I'll tell you a funny story, actually. I didn't even know. Um, oh, my God. I didn't even know, like, what uh, what teams there were in PwC. Um, so I opened up the PwC website on the train on the way to the office, and I memorized, like, a few lines from this specific team that I found um, and then just said that I've been, like, a lifelong fanatic for this area of interest, which is why I want to join this specific team. And then I just regurgitated those exact lines. Um, it was like, I want to help clients improve the business through looking at data models and I don't, I don't even know, like, um, assess their risk and help them capitalize and evaluate risk and stuff like that. Um, so I'm really impressed by that because it's very really professional. But it was honestly just copy paste. Um, yeah. In the interview, which they were really impressed with. Classic example of studying <laughs> smart, not hard. Exactly. There you go, guys. Yeah. It's perfect. But that's really great. And you work alongside professionals, or do you work alongside the in the other apprentices and interns? Um, to the program with no, I, I obviously work alongside. Well, there's another apprentice in my team, but there's 14 in Melbourne. But there's like a lot of teams in um, PwC, so I don't interact with all the apprentices. I only yeah. interact with one. But there's uh, PwC has 8,000 employees in Australia, so I work around um, all the partners, directors, senior managers, managers, which is like a really good experience in itself. Like you can talk to seniority, um, learn from them as well. And obviously, if you're, if you, so this, this quote that I rely upon is your, the, the, the sum of the five people around you. Um, so kind of that shows you that, um, the environment that you surround yourself into, um, you absorb from that. Um, so if I'm surrounding myself in an environment from which people are like really successful and stuff working at, a big fulfillment and they're like partners, which means they technically own part of PwC. Um, I can understand a lot from them and absorb all of, you know, their characteristics and skills that they've learned over the years, which is a really good experience as well. Yeah, definitely. I think I was thinking about that quote just like two days ago. Mm-hmm. That you are yeah. the sum, you're the average of, the five people you spend the most time with yeah and i think it's so true especially yeah. in high school a lot of people opt to be friends with you know the cool kids yeah or the kids who party the most yeah exactly i don't realize that i'm not saying kids who party are dumb yeah they don't necessarily push themselves to the yeah. furthest ability academic yeah that's that's kind of the reason why i'm very selective um, about my friends like if yeah, I, it's more of like your like, lifestyle. Yeah, if I feel like you have something that motivates you in life, like it doesn't necessarily have to link with my interests, but if I just feel like you have a vision and you want to achieve something from life, 
rather than going out every day and just doing drugs and smoking and drinking. Um, exactly. you know, if, I, if I see that vision in you, I feel like it'll motivate me and then I can motivate you as well. Um, so it's kind yeah, of like a symbiotic relationship where we both um, benefit from that. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's just encouraging when you see your friends working hard yeah. and getting good test scores, advancing in life, you're like, I need to be like him. I need to, I need to do as well. He can do it, so I can do it. Yeah. So you, you get urged to, you know, work harder and just yeah. become that person. Yeah. So I, I went to this um, so my high school. It was a select entry school, so you had to sit a test for that. Um, yeah. And you got in through you know this criteria on like interviews and getting high enough marks on the test and stuff. Um. So everyone at my high school was really competitive. Um, but what that did was it kind of makes you feel average, even though you're going to be, you're already in like the top 5% of the state because everyone right. there is so smart, but it makes you feel dumb. So you just push yourself a little bit harder to catch up with everyone. And then at the end of the day, you realize that you know, even if you're average at your school, you're average in top, in the top 5%, which means you're like top 2.5% in the state. Um, Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, seeing that competitive nature and makes you want to push yourself harder and harder, um, which yeah. is really good. And also, like, going back to friendships, I think, um, you know, when, when my friends achieve something in life, I feel happy for them. I don't envy them, yeah. something like that, um, which I think, you know, if someone envies me, I don't think they're really my friend. I think, you know, they should feel happy for my success and I'll feel happy for their success. Definitely. And that's like what true friendship is. You know, you push me to the best of my ability and I'll motivate you and Definitely. push you to the best of your ability. But environment helps a lot. And people say that, oh, I'm great. You know, doesn't matter. You put me in any environment, I'll do great. Yeah. But it doesn't it work like that. Like, yeah. It's like you can go to a certain extent to being how good, how good you can be. In yeah. like a bad environment but a good environment just propels you it pushes you that a bit harder yeah there's no there's no harm in partying and everything as long as you're clear about your goals and you're getting what you need to get done to achieve those goals first yeah that's what's really important exactly you just never need to let go of that mm-hmm. and Tanish, now that you're like basically an employee at pwc mm-hmm. what sort of tasks and work do they expect you to complete in your office hours, besides the yeah. coursework that you said that you're going to be doing for IT? Yeah, so I'm a data analyst, um, which means I kind of look at client data sets. Um, and, um, you know, I work on a range of different projects, which which is what I love. Like for the first couple of months, I looked at um, data sets for um, financial statements um, and then I created, uh, I used this software called ACL um, to to produce um, a Halo for Gemini's dashboard um, and give that to the client, which then they can use um, to validate um, their financial statements to make sure it reconciles and find like key key findings, key statistics, and all of that. Um, and then I moved on into kind of working on payroll engagements, um, so working with confidential clients. Um, helping them recalculate payroll, their payroll, um, and superannuation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And now I'm going on a six-week secondment starting tomorrow um, to ANZ Bank. For those that don't know what a secondment is, it's kind of like a temporary transfer. Um, So I'm going to be working for ANZ Bank for six weeks. um, And I'm going to be working on... um, my job title is a pre-assessment officer, so I'm going to be helping ANZ mm-hmm. with the mortgage applications um, and reading client data and um, seeing if, you know, um, they, 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 um, they're ready for, like, a mortgage, if they can take on one and stuff like that. Um, wow, that's really Which, cool. which would be, like, and, a good experience as well, yeah. Yeah, and for everyone that's listening in America, ANZ Bank is basically the equivalent of Bank of American um america so it's one of the bigger banks over there yeah it's like one of the big four banks here yeah yeah and as i mean that's just great seeing you do all this stuff yeah it's a really crazy and if you were to list out one lesson that you've learned through <laughs> all of your experiences ranging from managing college to working at 7-eleven and now yeah. working at a big four firm starting your business yeah. What would be something that you like really learned and you feel like you have improved on? I obviously like I've improved on my time management, but mm-hmm. I think communication is key and I cannot you know, say that enough. Communication is so important. Um, I've had a few projects where unfortunately my communication wasn't as good as it was meant to be. Um, like if I, if I had a problem with it, um, I didn't raise him and I tried to fix it on my own, whereas I should have raised him and I didn't communicate with my team um, and it kind of held the team back. Um, and, you know, someone had to end up reprioritizing um, and helping me out last moment in order to get that client uh, client output out in time, meet the deadline. But, um, you know, if I had that communication and I um, brought it to awareness earlier, um, it would have been much better. And then even with um, my business, um, communication with the tutors, with the web developer, making sure they all understand what their tasks and responsibilities are, um, mm-hmm. keeping them motivated, that's part of communication as well. Um, as a leader, it's your job to make sure that all the employees are happy, they're motivated to keep going. Um, so communication is key, essentially. Um, and I feel like mm-hmm. you know through learning... Like, as I said before, like, you learn through your failures and, you know, with that client engagement that I worked on, um, where my communication should have been better, I learned a lot and, you know, I did get some, you know, um, some harsh feedback for it, but I I respect that feedback a lot because if if Mm -hmm. they they were just polite about it and they said, oh, no, everything's fine, you know, you did a great job. I wouldn't have learned, um, which is important. Like learning is really important for me. Self improvement is really important for me. Um, it really is, yeah. Yeah. So I value feedback a lot as well. Like always seeking, constantly seeking feedback every week. Just ask, you know, just yeah. what can I improve on? Always, um, you know, seek on improvement. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't like, don't, don't let harsh feedback bring you down look at it i think so yeah. yeah i think people need to come to terms with rejection and just getting honest feedback like yeah. there's no point in getting feedback like like you said like you know polite feedback 
it really yeah. doesn't help you grow. You got to realize when you receive harsh feedback. Yeah. It's like the reality is like staring itself like in your face. And you're like, yeah. shit, I need to tighten myself up. I need to improve this. It's yeah. so important to get honest feedback, like you said. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, just um, right. If I'm holding a glass, yes, yeah. it's, it's um, it's, it's filled halfway with water, right? Yeah. Um, how heavy is that glass? The glass is gonna be as heavy as the glass before. The water doesn't affect the glass's weight. Okay. I think that you have to consider external factors. You have mm-hmm. to consider how long you hold that glass for. If I hold that glass for a minute, it's not going to seem heavy to me, right? But if I hold mm-hmm. that glass for a day, right, yeah. even though the weight of the glass is technically constant, it's going to feel a lot heavier to me. Definitely. Right? And that's kind yeah. of the thing with feedback right if you hold that feedback over your head and let it bring you down right yeah you're gonna feel the effects of it a lot more and it's gonna impact mm-hmm. your work and even who yeah. you are um as a human being your mental state so hold mm-hmm. feedback um i guess in terms of like obviously you want to hold feedback for as long as you can in terms of yeah um, considering and improving yourself, but don't let that feedback bring you down. Don't hold the negativity. Yeah. Really hold the negativity and turn that into a positivity as soon as you can. Um, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, I think that's really good to reflect upon yourself, reflect upon the things yeah. that people say to you. And yeah. I personally do this quite a lot. And I usually, you know, if I feel like something's troubling me or bothering <laughs> me, and I'm like, I need to get my life straight. I think yeah. journaling helps a lot. Like just being honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, being critical of yourself, writing down what you're thinking in a journal or yeah. anywhere really, even if it's a few bullet points. Yeah. It's important to write stuff down. Yeah. Critical really self-evaluation is really important. Sorry? Critical self-evaluation is really important. Exactly. You can't be nice to yourself. Yeah. In this harsh world. Yeah. You got to, Tighten it up and keep yourself in the ass and be like, get working. Exactly. No time for rest. Life is too short. But you work so hard. Do you go to any college parties? Oh, Me? Is that, yeah, or is that just... I thought that I would go to a lot of college parties this year. But, mm-hmm. you know, the first year didn't really pan out the way I expected it to with coronavirus hitting Melbourne. Oh my God. The world actually. Um, Coronavirus sucks so much. <laughs> oh my God. Especially in America, people yeah. are so. Stupid. I hope. I hope if you're if you're listening it from, well, not in America, but I hope everyone's safe and doing well in general. Yeah, um, people are dumb here. Yeah, they they cancelled like pretty much every party in Melbourne for safety precautions. Um, so yeah, guys, American listeners. Melbourne isn't even bad, and they cancelled parties. Yeah, you guys have no saw, reasons to be going out partying. I saw, I saw a video of this American teenager 
And he was all like, oh, F the coronavirus, it doesn't even exist. I'm going to go out to parties regardless. And like next week he got coronavirus. Exactly. <laughs> People think they're immune to it. They need to get some common sense. And yeah, evaluate and the decisions, people. Evaluate your decisions. It's not even like, you know, if I'm 20, like, it's not going to impact me. It's not going to impact you, right? But it, it might impact someone else. Like, in my family. In your family, or it might, you might come in contact with your friend, and then your friend comes in contact with his mother, and then it impacts his mother. Like, you know, yeah. you're putting other people in jeopardy as well. It's just, just It's time. just that train of selfish thought. People have exactly. to realize that you live with people, buddy. If you get it, the people you live with are going to get it. And you're going to affect them, not just yourself. Yeah. I wouldn't care if it, like, it wasn't transmittable. Like, go, go out there, enjoy your life, get coronavirus. But it affects, it's larger than you. Comes to a lot of things in life. A lot of life is larger than you. And you got to realize that. Exactly. Everything's interconnected. Yeah. But I'm not trying to attack anyone who goes to the beach, chooses to go to the beach. Like, Didn't you go, go to the beach years. like two days ago? Okay, no. But <laughs> I didn't go to the beach to like interact with people. And there was like no one on the beach I went to. <laughs> I'm sure that's okay, what it was literally us. <laughs> it was just like basically my family on the beach. I, I think you need I think you need to go back and you know, critically reflect your actions. <laughs> no, I didn't interact with anyone. It was, and I didn't even go sure. into the water. We I just went to take pictures. Trust, we were bored. You, don't have, you don't have to explain yourself. I trust you. No, no, but guys, just forget about the beach. Just forget about the beach. Just evaluate your actions during this time, please. We want this to get over. If people keep going out, this is not getting over anytime soon. It's true. We're already seeing a surge of cases. But Tanish, finally, just one last question. With everything that you're doing right now, what's your ultimate goal in life? What's your ultimate vision with all of this experience and education that you're gaining? My ultimate goal in life, you know, a lot of people would think that you know, they, they want success, fame, money, whatever. But I honestly, deep down, believe that the only goal in life for everyone, should be happiness. I don't think any amount of money, fame, or anything can be a happiness. Um, you know, okay. so a lot of these goals, like, for example, being rich, right? You want to be rich because you want to be happy, right? Yeah. Famous. You want to be famous because you want to be happy. So it's kind of everything, every subcategory of um people's goals and like whatever they want in life kind of falls uh-huh. under their main heading of happiness. Um, so I think if you're happy in life, that's, that's what we can do. Like whether, whether you're living on the streets and you're happy with that or whether you're yeah. Bill Gates and you're happy with that, it's just about being happy and just having family, loving, loving yourself, loving everyone around you, loving society. That's great. Okay. I said I lied about the last question now. I want to talk about this. So basically in AP Lang this year, which is my basic, my English class over here. Yeah. So I took AP Lang. It's like language and composition. We did a dialogue essay. It was supposed to be a Socratic dialogue. It was like seven, eight pages long. And it was basically yeah. a dialogue between two characters. And we had to explore an abstract concept. 
yeah. and have the two characters discuss about the concept. So for me, I chose to write about happiness. Yeah. And both of my characters, they were college students. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like high, like high as a giraffe's butt cheek. And it was just, he was yeah. just really high. Okay. And mm-hmm. they discussed about happiness and what happiness is. And I guess I really got to reflect on what happiness is through writing this essay. Yeah. So I want to ask you, can anyone in this world truly be happy? Absolutely. Why not? Why can't? Okay, why this can't? is how I saw it, okay? Life is a combination of mini goals that you set for yourself. Yeah. Okay? And basically, all those mini goals lead up to death mm-hmm. and you die. That's very yeah. pessimistic, we both everyone does. but what gives you happiness in life like achieving the small little goals yeah like you're like okay i want to get a college degree and then you work hard towards it Uh and there's that moment there's a few seconds when you actually get a college degree and you're like happy as heck your goal shifts from having a college degree to getting a six-figure salary yeah and then that and then that time period you're not happy yeah, like, I'm gonna be happy when I get that. Yeah. So in life, can anyone truly have sustained happiness? I yeah, I completely completely understand what you're saying. You're saying that humans are selfish and we only want things to be better and bigger. Um, yeah. So if I'm if if I'm earning, for example, if yeah. I get that triple, I mean six figure salary. Next thing I know, I'm gonna earn seven figures. Like I'm always being selfish. Yeah. I completely understand that, but I think. That whilst that is true, whilst mm-hmm. you know people do always want bigger and better, I think that life or happiness is more about more than just setting minerals. I think happiness yeah. is is about how you choose to spend your time. Interesting. So, if you had to give a definition, your own personal definition of happiness right now, yeah, what would it be? I think happiness is, it's essentially, it boils down to a few things. Um, it's kind of like a, like a state of mind, I guess, in terms of, you know, if you're motivated, that will make you happy. If you have um, friends and family um, and you like talking to them, that will make you happy. Um, mm-hmm. Essentially, I guess... You know, I, I don't think anyone can truly define happiness because happiness is subjective. Happiness subjective, is different yeah. for everyone, right? But yeah. and it, even if I define happiness, I'm going to define happiness for myself. So it might not that might not be yeah. someone else's exactly. happiness. So I can't really define happiness. Um, that makes happiness sense. is very subjective. But mm-hmm. I guess happy, happiness is a state of mind, and I think you're right. Like human beings are selfish. But if mm-hmm. you if you um, think about it from a different perspective, right? Yeah. And you suddenly stop stop being greedy, then you're truly happy with what you have. Like you should. It's just yeah. about being happy with like the little things, you know. Like just for example, in a peace with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Just it's like worry about yourself. Yeah, like, and I think it's about recognizing the little things and not overlooking them. 
yeah. um, seeing the progress you've made. Like, okay, so if, if you have a roof, like this is going to sound very stereotypical, but if you have a roof over your head, you should be happy for that. If you have water, you should be happy for that. You know, just finding little things to be happy about, and that's how you sustain happiness over a long time. Yeah, if you have a roof over your head and you get food, you are amongst the richest 20% in the world. Exactly. Like and then you, should, you should spread, spread that happiness. And I think yeah. for me, spreading happiness makes me happy. I so definitely. If I can see happy. someone else smile because of me, that will make me smile. So, you know, if, you, if you're ever out, you don't donate food. Like, if you, don't, if you don't believe in giving homeless people money because you think they're going to abuse it, then, you know, take them out for a meal or even talk to them. Like, you know, they might be lonely, they might be having a bad day. Just say hi to them, say, ask them how, how was yeah. the day. It's like the smallest actions can make someone happy. And in return, it's like, it's like an exchangeable energy it can make you happy. So. Definitely. Yeah. But, mate, a solid combo today. This was definitely, I would say this, this was maybe my most favorite podcast episode till now. Thank you. I really learned a lot from it. Because I haven't had the opportunity to talk to you recently a lot. Yeah. I guess it's a combination of both of us being busy. And then yeah. it's just nice to get caught up and see what you're doing in life. Yeah, it is. It is great, man. Um, it was great talking to both of you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I hope I could make your day better. Yeah, Definitely. And guys, I'm sorry. I think Garv was having mic issues. So he did not get to chime in at all today. <laughs> so hopefully he will get his mic issues sorted out for next week. And we'll get to hear Garv as well. His mic like cut off after the first little bit. Yeah. But Gaurav, if your mic's working, you are perfectly fine. Technology sucks sometimes. If your mic's working, just say a goodbye. Is this mic working? Oh, oh. I'ma just try this without the mic. Hello. Hey. Hey, I've been just listening to your motivation speech the whole time. I can't speak like one bit. It's like my computer mic. Oh my god. But that was a great combo to be honest. Like it really gave me a new perspective to look at stuff. And I feel really motivated at what, nine AM now? Yeah. I feel motivated as well. I'm like, bring the day on. I'm gonna be like Tanish. (laughs) Yeah, like I was confused what to do today. Now I just have like ten different things to do. Happy, happy. This, this, this episode has that powerful impact on our listeners as well. Hopefully they're like, yeah. let's go. We're going to work at a big four accounting firm too. <laughs> if, if you get the opportunity, you should definitely do it. I was actually, actually, I'm going to keep this going for another another minute. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't read the book, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, I definitely recommend it. Um, he says in that book that um, you know, even if you want to do medicine or like you're, you're so set on a career, um, he, he kind of went through his life path and he said, um, I explored every single career, not because of the money or because of whatever was associated with it, 
but simply because he loved learning that much and every single career taught him a new skill. And once he combined all of those skills together, he kind of just, he changed his life. Um, so that was why I said if you get the opportunity to ever work at a big four firm, um, mm-hmm. even if you're like a dentist, why not do it? Why not do it for and what's the book six name? months a year? Maybe you will find a new perspective in life. And what's the book's name? It's the, the name is Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's a self-ed book by Robert Kiyosaki. Send me the name of the book. I will put it in the description for today's episode. Yeah. I'll send it Rich Dad Poor Dad. You just put it in the chat in the bottom. Yeah. But yeah. So old session. Anything else you want to add before we finish this up? That is it. But yeah. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Guys, check out the book if you have the time and if you're confused with your life right now, which (laughs) a lot of high school students are. Hopefully it helps. But yeah, solid session. Thank you for joining us today. And we will definitely see our listeners next week for another episode. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Gaurav? Thanks, Gaurav. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. I'm so sorry I couldn't speak to you properly today. But it was great. It was great catching up again. Yeah. Yeah. After what, almost a year. Yeah. Sounds great. Awesome. All right, guys. Mm-hmm. Peace out. Catch you later, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>